0: Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're with Greg Roskus and Rob Grover of Wing Haven Pizza Farm in Galesville, Wisconsin. Greg, who grew up always in the kitchen, and Rob, who was looking for a way to bring a new kind of business to his family farm, put their entrepreneurial minds together and created Wing Haven Pizza Farm, where you'll find stone-fired pizzas, local beer and wine, live music, all on the family farm. We're talking about the importance of supporting local businesses in our rural communities, what it means to have a seasonal business, and creating a new experience for this fifth generation family farm. So here we go with Greg and Rob. Okay, well, we're here today with Greg Roskus and Rob Grover of Winghaven Pizza Farm in Galesville, Wisconsin. Greg and Rob, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're really excited.
0: Me too. Well, let's start out by having you tell us a little bit about you. You are both originally from the Galesville area, right?
1: So uh, I am actually from a little bit north of Galesville. I grew up uh, on a family farm outside of Arcadia, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I was uh, born and raised right in rural Galesville, um, out on my family's farm uh, out in the country. Um, Actually, fifth generation on the family farm um and uh actually it's my farm where you'll find Winghaven pizza farm today so lived lived in that same area my whole life
0: great and i'm guessing you guys have probably been friends for quite a while huh yeah
2: well it's interesting it's interesting yeah so greg and i i think greg did we meet in 2015 that'd be right yeah 2015. about 2015 but we we had um some mutual buddies Okay. and um you know we met up and kind of became fast friends and um yeah the rest is history so for for about 5 years or so yeah
0: okay well how did this idea for a pizza farm come about
2: well you know what's interesting it's sort of it it sort of just evolved over um a long time of um just you know Greg and I both have uh, Always been interested in kind of entrepreneurial endeavors, if you will. Um, you know, Greg uh has some well, I don't want to speak for you, Greg, but Greg got some family businesses he's involved with. And I've always kind of had the back of my mind the dream of doing some sort of business on my family's farm. Um, something egg-related, something where like we could really highlight the beauty of the valley. We're in a gorgeous uh, dead-end valley in the driftless area. And I think just over time, you know, what started out is casual conversation maybe almost kind of joking around a little bit about it sort of morphed into like uh, well could we do it well other places are doing it and then morphed into well let's let's sit down and actually put some numbers together and see how it could work and then uh you know morphed into actually saying hey let's let's uh let's jump into it and try to make it happen and and uh, the rest,
1: yeah, the rest is uh, you know, like I say, the rest is history, I guess. And one, uh, one interesting thing uh, that is part of the origin story is that when Rob and I were going through kind of some ideas of what we could do with the farm, uh, like Rob said, it's a beautiful uh, dead end valley. Trying to figure out a way where we could have some type of a sustainable business that would actually get a lot of people out there so they could enjoy the beauty uh, and the tranquility of the valley. And so we had talked about doing um, you know different types of things, but really centered on the pizza farm idea. And when we were going through that, the very early stages, uh, then I had actually put together a website, uh, and gave it to Rob for his birthday and, and said, Hey, you know, this is, this is my, my concept a little bit based on what we've been talking about. And then after that is really when we started doing the serious, the serious conversation about building a business plan and trying to figure out, you know, what happens next. Uh, so it's been, it's been a fun adventure. That's for sure.
0: I love it. So you kind of sold him on the idea through a website. Yeah, well, I think, you know,
2: I, I think we both really thought it could happen, but yeah. then when Greg put the website together, it's like, you know, that makes it a little more real, and then, yeah, um, yeah from that, it, we were both able to kind of give it, give it more headspace as well, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, and, you know, I'll add two kind of on my end, you know, at the time, I was working as a corrections officer for the Trump County Sheriff's Department in the jail, you know, it was a job I really enjoyed, and at the same time, I probably was getting a little burned out from it you know it's intense work working up in a jail and um I you know I was at a place where I really wanted to you know to do something different um try something different so I think the timing was really right too where I was like open-minded to to really try something different um take a leap of faith I guess so uh it's funny how those things fall together but yeah they did
0: yeah well, I know pizza farms are a big thing in Wisconsin and Minnesota, but for those of us who live outside of that area, what exactly is a pizza farm?
1: Well, you know, we, we joke that a pizza farm is where we, you know, we grow uh, pizzas on, you know, on, on small shrubs <laughs> or bushes and we pick them uh, at the peak of freshness. But the truth is, is that a pizza farm really is just um, basically an outdoor restaurant where people can come, um, come out onto the farm. And uh, we have picnic tables and we have a lot of green space. People can sit and we do um, stone-fired pizzas out of a, a food trailer right in front of a, a barn that was built in what, 1906? Yep,
2: 1906 yep. yep. And
1: then we have uh, um, local beer and wine and we have a stage for live music. And, you know, to us, a pizza farm is just really a way to bring people out onto the farm to enjoy the nature and the location and to enjoy, you know, hopefully some good food and some good, uh, local beverages and, and just enjoy um, the, the overall atmosphere.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think the, when it comes to something like a pizza farm, it really, it it, it can mean different things for different, uh, for different people. You know, a lot of pizza farms, um, they might grow all their ingredients on the farm, or they might, um, you know, they might procure all their meats from, let's say, you know, um, their cows or their pigs or that sort of thing. For us, because my farm um, has traditionally been, it's been so many different things. You know, my family's lived there since you know, for 170 years. It's been lots of different kinds of farms, but you know, in the last few years, it's been more of a crop farm. So for us, what we do, we're, we're really hardcore about sourcing locally as much as we can. So we try to get ingredients locally as, as much as possible. Um, we, have, we have a real emerging uh, wine culture in the Driftless area, a lot of breweries popping up. So we, we try to do local as much as we can. So we may not grow everything on our farm. And certainly we're not brewing the beer and wine right on the farm naturally. But like, we're really, um, as a small business ourselves, Greg and I both growing up on farms, being passionate about small businesses, we wanted to um, focus as much as we could on um, um, supporting other local businesses as, as much as possible. So our vision of a pizza farm might be a little bit different than some, but, but at the end of the day, any pizza farm that I know, um, you know, all over the Midwest, uh, the, the one thing I think that, that is similar to all of them is the fact that they're hyper-focused on local and supporting other local businesses, which, you know, now more than ever is, is so essential. Um, um, with, with the state of the economy and with businesses, you know, trying to navigate COVID and everything else.
0: Absolutely. So you just decided a pizza farm is a great way to bring Rob's family farm into the next generation and share it with other people. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. And you can't go wrong with pizza, right? Right. I mean, (laughs) it's like a sandwich. It's the perfect palette for whatever you like. You can, you can put it on a pizza um, and you know, I don't know anyone who doesn't like pizza. So pizza to us just seemed like the best way to one, like you said, bring, uh, bring people together. And two, we really highlight like, the uh,
1: the abundance of, of, fresh, interesting combinations and ingredients you can put on a pizza. And, you know, one of the, the other components to it too, with the pizza idea is that when, when we were starting off trying to figure out what to put on the farm for us, it was very much the idea of family focus. So being able to have you know anybody from little kids up to elderly and everybody in between, um, really allowing people to bring out their entire families to enjoy uh, enjoy the farm. That was something that was definitely our goal early on, and it's been really fun to see uh, families come out and enjoy the farm together. And pizza, we figured would be one of those foods where, like Rob said, that it just it, it's so versatile and and that uh, people of all ages can enjoy some type of a a flavor pizza.
2: Yeah. And. I should say too, Greg, maybe you want to talk about the fact that, I mean, food's really important to you, and like, that. we didn't just start a, we didn't just say like, oh, let's do a pizza farm without any thought on like, you know, the passion of making food, right? So, I, um, I, I love food, Greg, food is with particularly your passion as well.
1: Yeah, so I, I grew up um, always in the kitchen. Uh, I was, uh, I grew up on a farm, like I said, outside of Arcadia. And my, my grandma and grandpa lived in the house right next door to us on the farm. And so uh, almost every day I would be over at grandma's house and I'd be with her in the kitchen as she was making bread or making cookies or anything like that. Um, and then my mom was also a, a tremendous cook and, and always spent time with her in the kitchen. And so food really has been a, a passion um, all my life. I love cooking for people. I love the, the, the camaraderie and the, the conversations that happen around food. Uh, and so the idea of being able to design recipes and to put together um, a menu that that could really, um, you know, speak to everybody in some way and then provide an environment where people could, you know, enjoy some of those, those wonderful feelings and times around meals that I had when I was uh, younger was important to me.
0: That's so great. So Rob, was your family on board with the new idea? Because I know with <laughs> a family farm it's a lot of times, a lot of families are part of that farm's history. You
2: bet. Yeah. So it's interesting. I I think the first time, and you know, our timeline of when we said, okay, let's do it to when we opened was, was relatively short, but in that period, I think it was November of 2017. So we decided maybe late October of 2017, let's do it. Let's go full bore very early November of 2017. I approached uh, my family about it, and particularly my dad. And my dad, um, you know, is 72 years old. He's lived on the farm his entire life. And he was very skeptical, frankly. And I think the rest of the family was really skeptical, too, because, uh, again, the the concept of, of a restaurant on the farm, a pizza farm, you know, I, I think it just, it really, it really seemed alien. And it seemed a touch far-fetched. But, um, I will say after after maybe a few weeks, a month of, of bringing the idea again and talking about it, the family really got on board. Um, you know, my dad now from going from I think being um, skeptical of, of whether it could work or not. I mean, he he's been invaluable in, in helping us since. You know, he's a, not only a farmer. Um, you know, he's an he's an excavator, so he he's got heavy equipment that can move dirt, which was really important. He as a master plumber, so he's been very helpful with that. He's a master electrician as well, so I mean, he saved us probably tens of thousands of dollars just helping us with projects and that sort of thing to get the farm up and going. But it, yeah, it was at the beginning a touch of a, a tough sell. I think a lot of my family was, uh, and I don't blame them. Was you know, I'll believe it when I see it. So then when when we came to them and and we showed them that like, hey, we've got a we've got a really organized business plan. We know what we have to do. We know what the aesthetic. Should you know we that we want, um, and this is how it actually can um, not only open but 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 work and hopefully thrive. People uh, where the family got really excited, and now I mean everyone's basically full bore, Where uh, most most members of, of my family that live on the farm are very much involved, including now my my stepmother is one of our main bartenders. Um, you know my my younger sister she serves as our general manager, um, runs a lot of the day to day stuff with the pizza farm. So it took convincing, but but once I think once they saw that we had a plan together, um, people the, the family got really excited about it. Now even the extended family is pretty excited about it. So it's uh, yeah, probably one of the the crazier things in the 170 hmm. years of being on the farm that that you know my family's done. But uh, yeah, people are pretty jazzed about it now. So
1: and the the thing that I'll add, just uh, from my side, being somebody who who did not grow up on the farm, uh, but kind of came in as part of this business. Is it's been so fun to see how how Rob's family has um has just embraced it. I mean, this is a, a like Rob said, a big change, um, but it just seems like you know the family has really come together, and it's been so fun to see everybody just get excited about it. And you can really tell uh, any anybody you talk to that's out on that farm, that's you know part of the Grover family, you can tell that there's that 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 long standing passion for the farm, and that that really that cherished feeling of of being able to do something on the farm and. Um, and really, the Grover family right now is like my extended family. It's been fun to get close to them over the the last four years that we've been in business.
0: Oh, and I know that's... my
1: family feels the same way about Greg. So
0: that's awesome. Well, and you mentioned this a little bit, but Winghaven is a name that has been a part of your farm for generations now, right?
2: It has, yeah. So um, in the 1850s, when my great great grandpa came, um, you know, he came from from New England, and the family had apple orchards there. And when he came to um, uh, Western Wisconsin in 1852 on the farm, one of the first things he did was plant some apple trees. And then over the next um, really generation, two generations, um, the apple business became kind of what the Grovers were known for. And by the 1930s, my, my grandma and grandpa, Henry and Evelyn, um, they decided that the farm needed a more formal name um, to help market the apples, help market the farm regionally. Um, so they, they uh, decided to go with the name Wing Haven. So where that comes from is my grandparents were, were really enthusiastic uh, bird people. They loved, they loved watching the birds. I remember grandma and grandpa could tell you the name of any bird that you'd see out, out about on the farm. Um and, uh, and if geographically we 're right on the migratory bird path being um, not so far from the Mississippi River, so in the spring uh the traveling birds would would come and they would nest in the trees, so it would become a haven for birds or a winged haven and um yeah that's that 's stuck with it ever since um the orchard. We ceased orchard operation, I believe, in the very late 60s is when that sort of phased out. But the, the Winghaven name has always been attached to the farm. And then when uh, Greg and I were kind of throwing around um, ideas for what for what to name um, Winghaven, really there it, it, it was the natural choice. I mean, it's both a deep history on the farm, and it's kind of it's kind of beautiful too. It's it's, it's uh, non typical, so
1: yeah, it's a, a a lot of tradition, tradition of the of the Winghaven name, and there's a, there's an old farm or an old uh, old sign um, on the farm right now that says Winghaven Orchard, and that was something that we saw, uh, kind of how that was uh, designed and, and just kind of the look of it, and it just seemed like you know we, we definitely knew we wanted to do something that honored the history of the farm, uh, and it just seemed like the natural choice. Plus, it was just uh, a little bit of a unique name, and so it's 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 fun to have that as part of our history now.
0: Yeah. So once you guys decided to open, how did you get the word out?
1: We
2: have been super lucky um, with, with um, our ability to kind of leverage social media. We had some, some great um, earned media with, with our regional paper here in the La Crosse area. Um, and, and just some other kind of media outlets kind of picked up on, it. you know, Pizza farm, like you said, the the idea of a pizza farm is is sort of in the consciousness of our region right now. And we do have some in our area, but none very close. So when word got out that there were uh, a couple guys trying to open up a pizza farm in rural Galesville, uh, word just got out really quick. Our social media started to really... Takeoff, um, like like I said, a number of media sources uh, picked up on it and and ran stories, which pushed more people towards our social media. And here's the thing: we we started to advertise and talk about Winghaven months and months before it ever opened. I think we opened up our you know our Facebook page like in February of 2017, and we never served a pizza until September of that year. But we were constantly putting content out there that was really interesting and compelling and and showing folks what we were doing on the farm to get ready for this and it just took off it just took off so we we've been blessed by again the the you know local media that's picked up on it how social media how it's really taken off there and also i just say too greg and i you know our, we were kind of our families are long established in the community and i think that doesn't that doesn't hurt either you know in a rural area especially I mean, um, you know, faster than the Internet is is people uh, chatting
1: and gossiping about what's going on around town. So I think uh,
2: I think that probably played a piece of it,
1: too. Yeah. The the word of mouth component for us has been been huge. And, you know, whether it's uh, just because it's an interesting concept and people are talking about something that's different or, uh, you know, for us, hopefully people come out and they, they have a really good experience with their friends or their family or whoever. Uh, and then they go and they they tell people and they they share us on their social media or they talk to um, other people and say, hey, we should go do this, uh, this new thing this weekend. Um, and the other thing I'll add is that Rob is a is a whiz on social media. And so that's been um, it's been fun to see how engaged people have been with like our, our Facebook page and a little bit um, newer, our Instagram page. And just kind of see, you know, people are reminiscing about their their farm uh, when when they look at some of our pictures, or you know, if we post something about uh, a new pizza or something like that, people get excited and they want to talk about it. And so that's been uh, very fulfilling to see just kind of the conversations that that do happen both online and in person uh, about our business.
2: And I think too, when we were when we were trying to open up, you know. Um... Even though like you know Greg Greg has been involved with some family businesses before and has a great business mind, there were some new challenges I think neither one of us were expecting that popped up, and we were really honest with like our social media uh, audience about like what was going on. you know one one big thing was our food trailer, so we have we had a custom built food trailer that we used, and we expected it to be done maybe in June maybe early July, well, the thing didn't get delivered to us till about September. So like, you know, that really pushed us back in terms of being able to open and all that. And there was just other things, other challenges that, that pop up when you're trying to start a business in an area that, you know, I've never had one before in, in terms of like on the farm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, because we were really open and honest with our social media audience, I think people sort of invested in the story You know, they sort of were rooting for us, which we can't thank them enough for that. And I I think that just added um, to the buzz and to the people getting engaged and and sharing what we were doing. So,
0: so good. And Greg, I have to imagine you had a lot of fun coming up with the menu.
1: Yeah, yeah i uh, I love I love cooking. I love experimenting with food. I'm the type of person who wherever I go. Well, Rob and I are both that way. Wherever we go, it's, it's we want to try something new and something different and and kind of see what people have been able to create with different combinations of food and ingredients. And so, when we were starting with the idea and putting together the business plan, we obviously wanted to, um, you know, kind of solidify a good a good menu. And so, on, in the early days, it was uh, Rob and I buying a bunch of ingredients and and going into my my basement of my house and uh, and and experimenting with different pizza <laughs> yeah, pizza mm-hmm. toppings and and trying to perfect kind of what our recipe was going to be because that really just it becomes a part of our identity. And we wanted to, to make sure that that was um, as top notch as we could be. So yeah, it's it's been a fun process. And, and even since then, you know, one of the things that, that we do um, every year since our first, well, it started in our second year, is that we try to do a new specialty pizza um, each month. And so just kind of interesting uh, concepts or just things to try on a temporary basis. I, and so that's been a lot of fun to do. And, and it's fun to get the staff involved. And Um, And Rob's uh, sister, Sarah, who's our general manager, then her and I have worked on a lot of um, a lot of custom uh, pizza recipes kind of for specialty uh, pizzas. And so that's been just overall a lot of fun um, to experiment. I mean, pizza is one of those things where you can do so much with it, you can try so many different varieties and toppings and, and you can really get as creative as you want to be. And so that process has been been very enjoyable. And and it's fun to just have you know staff and and customers, uh, you know, taste recipes that we've developed. That's it's very rewarding, and it's fun to see people's reactions.
2: And what's cool about Greg and Sarah experimenting with all these different kinds of pizzas is that means I get to eat um, <laughs> all these different kinds of pizzas. So, like Greg said, I'm you know I'm passionate about food as well. Um, but you know, really, yeah, Greg and Sarah come up with a lot of really interesting ideas, and and I get to benefit because I get to snack on. It. So it's it's pretty exciting.
0: It's a win for everybody. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. 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 So now you're about three or so years in. Have you guys changed a lot of things since you first began?
1: Yeah. So it's our, I guess it's our fourth season, isn't it? Yeah. Because the first season was just a couple months. Yeah. Yep. It's, okay. our, it's
2: our fourth season and our first one during a global pandemic. Yep. First one. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, things have switched up a little bit. It's really interesting. Um, when we first opened, I think, you know, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we didn't know we, we, you know, we ran the numbers, we knew we could make it a success, but we've, we've been really blessed with, with people coming out. So we have switched a lot of things up. Um, you know, we, one, one big thing is it may seem, may seem strange to say this, but like I, we didn't really focus at the beginning a lot on live music and now it's become such an essential part of our business, you know? Um, so what I mean by that is like at first we thought maybe we'll have live music every now and then but we realized um, especially in a setting where people are coming way out to the country especially a setting because we make our pizzas one by one fresh you know we, sometimes you have to wait a little bit because we're not we're not pizza hut where we can just chuck them all out the, the live music element has been so important so you know in the last couple of years we've invested in a, in a new stage which is um, really beautiful um, my uh, my dad and my sister actually did most of the grunt work of building it. But um, so, yeah, that that's been a big change. Um, and we've really just focused on, you know, how do we make it a really comfortable experience for folks? You know, also to the, the logistics of, of um, and Greg can speak more to this, but the logistics of like Ordering and and how do we make the pizzas in the trailer and and you know even like how was the bar gonna work? A lot of that was just trial and error to see what system would work for us. Greg, you should tell the story about how like our plan for the trailer, oh, yeah. what it would be, yeah. and then like what we actually ended up doing. So I think it's kind of yeah. So
1: when we when we had um, kind of figured out what trailer we wanted, we had an idea of uh, putting the the cooking space uh, for the pizzas in the the main part of this trailer. And then at the very back of the trailer, kind of having that as a as a bar, having that as kind of, uh, we can put some coolers on there and have somebody standing right outside of it and that they could um, uh, use that area as a bar. And so as we were going through the process, it, it became... Um, obvious that if we were gonna get any type of uh, of crowd that we just simply wouldn't be able to do that. And so uh, probably a month or maybe even a little less before like we, two weeks before we opened, like we then we decided yeah. then we decided to to switch that around completely and to put our ovens um, back where you know, the the end of the trailer um, and use the entire trailer for the pizza. And then uh, and then I ended up building what an 18 foot bar yeah. um, that we still are using uh, just a couple weeks before we opened. Uh, just to adjust. And and that was, um, we were very happy we did that because, you know, when we we started, we we had no idea how many pizzas we would serve in a night. I mean, it's hard to tell with a new business, especially one that's both a different concept and quite a bit out into the country. And so we really didn't know if we were going to serve 30 pizzas or 50 pizzas a night uh, and just weren't sure about what that process looked like. And and we knew we could cook our pizzas fast because we have a, a very hot oven. Uh, but we just weren't sure what the crowd was going to look like, and then fast forward to um, a few uh, a few months in, then realizing that once we have 100 pizzas a night or 150 pizzas a night, that things just have to be adjusted so we can both have a quality product put out every single time, and also be able to get customers their pizza without um, too long of a wait, so that they can uh, they can both have time to enjoy uh, us out in the valley, but but also have it be a little bit timely in case they're in case they're hungry. Yeah.
2: And, you know, I would add too, like one, I mean, we, we have, uh, we've constantly been having to evolve and we're lucky to have an awesome staff. And I think like um, the, the staff that works with us and a lot of them are high school kids and and family and friends, that sort of thing. um, You know, running a restaurant was, was very much new to both of us. Um, So like our staff's been really incredible too with mm-hmm. with throwing uh, interesting ideas out on how something can be done or maybe more efficiently or or whatever it may be, you know, so we've really been lucky too to have
1: uh, an incredible staff that's like, like made it work, you know, helped, helped us be more efficient as a business. Oh yeah, 100%. It's been so fun to see, to see staff, you know, they'll, they'll see something that could be uh, maybe more efficient or work um a little bit smoother and and we encourage people to uh, our staff to bring up those those things as they see them and then there's there's many things that we've implemented that that have been staff um identified and and that's been extremely helpful And, and yeah like rob said we've just had just awesome staff over years we've been really lucky to have just um just a, a great group of people that uh that are are great workers hard workers friendly it's just been we've been very lucky in that department
0: yeah that's fantastic so how often are you guys open? Is it seasonal? And, you know, is it a couple nights a week? Or how does that work?
2: Yeah, so we are seasonal. Um, you know, and that's kind of evolved too. We, we, um, we, we've played with hours, we played with days. But at this point, so we are open Fridays and Saturdays. Right now, it's four to eight. Traditionally, be four to nine. You know, with, with COVID and the pandemic, Um, we, we've shortened our hours just a bit because I don't know how aware you are of Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is sort of an outlier in how the business community has dealt with COVID a bit. We had a stay at home order. Um, it totally got, got, uh, turned over. So basically now in Wisconsin, you're on your own to figure out how you want to operate during all this, this craziness. But anyway, we're open Fridays and Saturdays, uh, four to eight right now, and then come the end of August. So a big thing in our area is apple orchards, and we live right. Our business is right next door to one of the region's largest um, apple orchards, and it brings in you know lots of people coming into our area. So once apple season opens, um, then we also are open Sundays. So we'll do Sunday afternoon as well. Um, yeah, and we open usually end of May, roughly Memorial Day weekend to, you know, roughly mid-October. Um, it just really depends on what the weather does. If we, if we um, have kind of a late summer or, if, uh, or if early fall is pretty darn warm, we'll, we'll stay open later. But, you know, last year we just had a series of crappy days where it was cold and sleeting and all that um, in early October. So we closed a little bit earlier. Uh, so we, we try to stay nimble
1: um and yeah it it, it, but that's that's roughly when we're open so and uh one uh one kind of humorous thing that I'll add to it is um it was a couple years ago and on the very last day of our season which would have been late October uh then it was just Sarah and I there and uh, a few customers, but it was so cold that we were watching it snow on our picnic tables, and so that we knew at that point that that was probably a good time to close up. We still had people <laughs> yes. that would come out and sit around our patio heaters, or they would call ahead, and we would uh, bring uh, hot pizza out to their car on that day. But you know, we try to we try to to take advantage of how nice our falls can be in Wisconsin. Um, but really, it is just kind of seeing what it looks like once we get to uh, to that you know the October time frame. Um, and the other thing I will add too, as far as our being open, we do uh, have availability for private events. So that's another thing that even while we're not open, um, you know, during the week or right now on Sundays, we do have quite a few people who take advantage of, of the space for different types of events. So if it's surprise birthday parties, if it's, um, uh, wedding, um, uh, kind of gatherings in different ways, or if it's uh, corporate gatherings or if it's like parties, graduation yeah. parties, um, we had. Uh, in a assisted living facility that would take a, a bus out to us and we would put together kind of a little pizza deal for them. So yes, you know, we, we, we only open a couple days a week now, but we, it's been fun to see uh, people wanting to take advantage of the space for larger gatherings and and we do our best to accommodate that as well.
2: And I will say it's a point of pride, at least it is for me. You know, we can have some crappy weather days here in Wisconsin, even on our hottest days or our crappiest days. We've never been skunked, Greg. That's somewhat- true at least one person always comes out and buys a pizza. So oh. you have to have a day where, where no one comes out to the farm when we're open. That so is that, true. That is a point of pride.
0: Yeah. That's great. Well, what advice would you have for someone thinking about starting their own business after you guys have gone through this journey? And it sounds like maybe other journeys before this with, with different businesses.
2: Boy, oh boy. I mean, they're, lots of things you could talk about, you know, the, in the most general sense, if you're, if you're going to start a business, if, if you've got that passion um, in your heart, do it, do it. Like, I mean, you, you, you'll probably never regret it. If you sit down and take the time and make a plan and really visualize what you want to do and um, you know, mix a dose of, 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 um of, of of reality with a dose of, of, you know, letting your dreams kind of take over um, you'll probably come up with something that, that could work. Um, And, you know, expect the unexpected and roll with it. I mean, starting, starting up the pizza farm has, I always say it's, it's been one of the most gratifying and one of the most challenging things that I've ever been part of because there was so much unexpected things that popped up and a lot and lots of challenges. And at the same time, it's been so gratifying to kind of get through those challenges and to see the end product, you know? So um, I, I would say anyone who's, who's considering um, starting or opening a business, um, um, go for it. Do your homework, plan, um, um, but you won't regret it. And also uh, for me anyway, circle, surround yourself with, with really good people. I know for me personally, anything that, um, you know, anything I've ever achieved or anything that I've, I've tried to go after. Um, I've never been able to do it without like surrounding myself. And, um, and this isn't false humility, but surrounding myself with people who are smarter than myself or have different perspectives or, you know, are looking at things differently because otherwise you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're probably, you you won't thrive unless you surround yourself with good people. So um, I know that's all over the place. But yeah, go for it, do your homework, surround yourself with good people. And, um, you know, believe in yourself, you know, because a lot of people will doubt you. I think we've, I wouldn't say we've ever had doubters. But you know, when you do something different, I think some people are kind of waiting for you to fail. And you kind of just have to, um, you know, uh, ignore those folks and and prove them wrong.
1: So Yeah. And those, yeah, a lot of those are, are the same things that I would echo as well. Um, You know, for, for me, the idea of starting a business is one that, uh, that I think that if you are really, if you really want to do something, it it doesn't really matter what it is in life, but if you really want to do something um, you should, you should just figure out a way to do it because you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you don't want to look back and say, I wish I would have tried. And I think that's that's a big point for us. It was like you know there there's going to be a lot of challenges and uh, challenges that we both uh, kind of foresaw, and other challenges that kind of popped up along the way. Uh, but just understanding that there will be challenges, there will be roadblocks, but uh, to kind of just keep going um, and go with the flow a bit. The other thing too that I would say is with with anybody, everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses, uh, and I think that it's important that you you know you kind of understand what yours are, and then. You know, to really have people around you, whether it's people in the community, whether it's a business mentor, whether it's your family, your friends, um, that you can really lean on for, for support, for encouragement, for uh, for just their energy as you move forward. Because, uh, you know, for us, one thing that I think gave us uh, a, a bit of confidence with it was just people getting excited about it. When we uh, threw out the idea of what we wanted to do, uh, hearing people get excited or ask questions or or talk about how they wanted to try it or how they're looking forward to it, uh, that really give us energy. And I think that mm-hmm. that really motivated us to keep going, especially with all the challenges that, you know, any business owner will face, uh, especially in those early years, uh, to just kind of get through those. Uh, and and there, there's going to be roadblocks. There's there's going to be stuff that you don't expect, that you don't plan for. But uh, the big thing is just to, to go with the flow and, and keep pushing through and, and believe in yourself enough that uh, – that you can get through that because, uh, you know, problems are going to pop up and 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 that's just part of the process. And, you know, a lot of great businesses wouldn't be where they are if people stopped at the first roadblock that they got to. And so, you know, for us, it's always been, okay, this is a problem. And how, how do we figure out how to get around it? How do we figure out a way to prevent, you know, it from being an issue again, and then to just keep going and, Uh, you know, we're, we're on season four and we still have things that pop up that we didn't expect
2: or we haven't seen before, uh, and that sort of thing. This year in particular, this year in particular. (laughs) Every every, every business.
1: Oh my, yeah. And I mean, like, one thing right now is there's a national coin shortage, uh, which you never, when you're doing a business plan, think about having to, uh, to figure out how to reduce the amount of change that you use in your cash drawer. It, it sounds like we're
2: making that up. Yeah. There literally is a national coin Our bank called us and said, yeah, you'll probably only be able to get a quarter of, like literally a quarter, no pun intended, yeah. of change. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. so, all right, throw that in there. Yeah. yeah so, you know, it's it, it those types of things where you you definitely can't predict everything. This year is a perfect example of that. But you know, the big thing is just to to keep going and to, and to just believe in, in your mission and what you want to do enough and, and, and just keep, keep pushing. Uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say to anybody who's really looking to start a business is, you know, just go for it and believe in yourself
0: and, and, uh, you know, good times will, 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 uh, will happen. It just takes time. Awesome words of wisdom. Yeah. Well, before we go, I have to have you tell me about Galesville and the surrounding area. What do you guys love about living in this area?
2: Oh, my. Well, like I said, I, I you know, my, uh, both our families have deep roots in Low County in rural Wisconsin. And, yeah, uh, particularly Galesville for myself. And I, I, I just love that, you know, in, in a place like Galesville, you just you have a lot of support from the community. And I don't I don't mean just for this business. You know, in, in a rural area, families have connections that go back decades, sometimes, sometimes a century or more. You mm-hmm. know, um, so I feel like in a, in a place like Galesville, you've got you just got a lot of support, good times and bad. You know, uh, yeah. because every family goes through waves of good times and bad, and um, and being in a rural community too. Uh, you have less resources, so you really do have to depend on others to have your back and help you out. Um, so, just one of the things I really love about about Galesville and our in our rural area. And I'll tell you too, a, a place like Galesville, there, there's so much pride in the community. There really is. Galesville has a, a um, you know a rich history, like like many places do. Um, a history that, that a lot of people celebrate. A history that you know also a lot of people grapple with uh, sometimes. Because history can be messy as well. But um, I, I think a lot of people have a lot of passion for for the history of the place and, and they and they just they love the community. We Gillsville is sort of seeing like a lot of I think rural areas, particularly along the Mississippi, they're seeing sort of a, a renaissance, if you will. You know, we've got more interesting little shops than ever, we have more um, rural entrepreneurs than ever, people taking a risk, starting their own business, trying something new. Gills was a great example of a of a downtown that has really revitalized itself. Um, you know, the, the city itself invested money in the downtown area, maybe 15 years ago. And you know, now we really see um, a lot of people trying new things, whether it's a whether it's a hair salon, or a shake shop, or a or a clothing boutique, or an antique store, or an interesting cafe, or coffee shop. Um, you know, uh, so Gales really is a neat little place. So I, I would really encourage folks to, to come give it a visit. And also, I, I would encourage uh, really anyone of any age, but you know, younger people that are trying to kind of find their way in the world um, and figure out where opportunity lies for them, um, you know, not just Galesville, but yes, consider Galesville, but consider a rural area. There, is, there, there are challenges that are unique to a rural area, but incredible opportunities, um, incredible opportunities to try something new. Um, you know, um, there's services that, that sometimes there's gaps for that, like, need to be filled. And you could really have an opportunity in a rural area that might be different than some other places. So, uh, come to Galesville, but really con- consider a rural area to, to build your life and, and, and raise a family. It's, it, I, I love the place. I know uh, you know Greg and I are rural people um, at our hearts, and uh, yeah, the, great great to live in a rural area.
0: So good. Well, what's next for you guys and for Winghaven Pizza Farm?
2: Oh my! Yeah, you know, right now, so right in, in, uh, what is it, July 8th, as we tape this, uh, July 7th, um, we're just trying to, we're taking it day by day. I mean, this global pandemic has thrown so many curveballs. product Um, be adventurous with our pizzas I think we want to look more into so we have a beautiful barn but as of right now we can't do events in it it needs a lot of work but that's kind of on the horizon how can we do more internally with inside the barn whether it be special events whether it be weddings that sort of thing I I think that's coming and I think we just we we really want to focus on how do we keep you know any business has to Thing, every business has to keep doing something interesting, um, or, or, or you won't make it. So, how do we continue to have Winghaven be an interesting um, um, place where people enjoy coming out? How do we continue to have it be an asset for the community? So, um, it's been it's been an incredible journey the last three and a half years, um, and I think I think
1: it'll just continue to be that. So, that, that, that's kind of my thoughts with that. But for for me, one thing that I, I get really excited about. And Bit too is you know how much how much we enjoy supporting other local businesses, mm-hmm. um, which we kind of talked about before a little bit.
2: Yeah, we just want to be part of that. Yeah,
0: awesome. I love it. Well, how do we follow along with everything you guys have going on?
2: Yeah, so we are. We're on Facebook, uh, Winghaven Pizza Farm. Just give us a search there. Um, we're on Instagram. You know, same thing, Winghaven Pizza, um, and we've got a wonderful website. Uh, luckily, Greg is a whiz with websites, so we've got a really beautiful website as well that you can hop on there. Um, but yeah, just, just follow us there and, um, we, we would, we'd love to have you come visit the farm and, uh, you know, for, for people listening to this farther out, I mean, there, there is so much to do in our area. You're coming out to a rural area, but there's so many other interesting things. You really can make a, a week trip of it or a long weekend trip even. So, um, it's yeah, we, we, we'd love you to, we'd love you to come out to the farm.
0: Perfect. And when does apple picking season start? So, end of August? End of August, probably last weekend of August. Okay. September, I think, is kind of what people should shoot for for that. Okay. Luckily, we have lots of wineries and breweries popping up in our area, and it's always wine and beer season. Perfect. Even even
2: if it's not apple season, you can uh, can come out and enjoy that, too.
0: Okay, that's great. Well, we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes, and hopefully I can make it your way sometime soon, too. So, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been great.
2: Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for uh, bearing with all the, all the technological issues. <laughs> yeah, thank
0: you. No, thank you. Seriously. Well, I love Greg and Rob's heart for their community and supporting the locals and how they keep growing and expanding this business. And I love this concept for a new kind of business and experience built around the family farm. Also, we had all kinds of rural internet problems when recording this, so I want to say thank you to Greg and Rob for hanging in there through all of that. Be sure to check out the show notes and make plans to visit Winghaven Pizza Farm soon. I trust you're super inspired from today's episode and probably have a handful of people you know who would love to hear it. So go ahead and text them the link and leave us a kind review while you're at it so we can keep spreading the Rural Revival message far and wide. And stay tuned with us on Instagram and Facebook at Rule Revival Co. to stay updated on this podcast and all things Rule Revival related. We'll catch you next time on the Rule Revival Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.